For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Lena Kim. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover a new Firestone exhibit celebrating William Shakespeare's works, the resignation of Princeton Superintendent of Schools Carol Kelly, the expansion of the UAW strike against General Motors, and the gradual restoration of internet and phone services to the Gaza Strip following a communications blackout over the weekend. It's Monday, October 30th. In honor of the 400th anniversary of the publication of William Shakespeare's first folio, which is a compilation of 36 of his works, Firestone's Millburg Gallery has opened a new exhibition called In the Company of Good Books, Shakespeare to Morrison. The exhibition celebrates the literary conversation between authors across time and place and showcases Princeton's vast collection of English literature. We sat down with contributing prospect writer Ivy Chen to learn more. Hi, I'm Ivy Chen. I'm a contributing writer for The Prospect. Would you briefly describe what this exhibition is and what the history is behind it? Yeah, so this year is the 400th anniversary of the publication of William Shakespeare's first folio, which was essentially the first published collection of his plays, and it contained 36 of his works in their complete text. And so in celebration of that, the Princeton University Library's Milberg Gallery is essentially presenting this exhibition to celebrate not only um, the continual influence of Shakespeare's works on English literature through time, but also how authors tend to kind of communicate between themselves and how literature has been influenced through that. And it focuses on a lot of different interesting um, kind of movements in literature from like female poets in the 18th century to authors of color in the 20th century. And there's also a lot of focus on the role of publishing and the role of like mediums and independent bookstores and independent publishing labels on progressing literature and supporting kind of more avant-garde stuff. But the exhibition is started in September and it's running all the way through December. So um, it's kind of a really cool effort to celebrate English literature and to kind of showcase the interesting manuscripts and books that the Princeton University Library has in their collection. What is a notable part of the exhibition that highlights this conversation between different authors? Yeah, so there's a lot of different instances. So one I thought was really interesting is there's a display focusing on authors of color and how a lot of them corresponded between themselves. And so, for instance, Toni Morrison has a copy of Uncle Tom's Cabin where you can see her annotations in bright red ink. And um, another piece on display is James Baldwin's copy of Lorraine Hansberry's play A Raisin in the Sun, which also takes its um, title from another author's work, the Langston Hughes poem Harlem. That's where the title comes from. So you can kind of see this network forming between authors and how all of their different ideas can kind of play off of each other and build off of each other. And so I think that's really interesting. And another instance is the very last display, which um, shows how Toni Morrison responded to a Shakespeare play, Othello, and took Othello's wife, the character Desdemona, and sort of reimagined her in a more modern context. So it's really cool. The exhibition does a lot to show that conversation between authors, whether that's within the same time period or across many, many decades or even centuries. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. You can read more at dailyprincetonian.com or at the link in the show notes. After around two and a half years on the job mired in controversy, Princeton Superintendent of Schools Carol Kelly announced her resignation in an email to school district staff members Friday morning. 
Kelly will be on a paid leave of absence effective immediately on August 31st, 2024. Kelly's resignation is not the first major personnel change the school district has experienced recently. Just last spring, the departure of the principal of Princeton High School, Frank Jamil, sparked a walkout at the high school. Superintendent Kelly stated in an email to the community that she, quote, must take some time to reset and recenter myself. The Board of Education will be hosting a special meeting today at 7 p.m. to take a formal vote on Kelly's resignation and plans to hire an interim superintendent. In national news, the United Auto Workers Union has expanded its strike against General Motors on Saturday evening, staging a walkout of 4,000 employees at the largest General Motors plant in the country in Spring Hill, Tennessee. There are now 22,000 General Motors employees on strike across Texas, Michigan, Missouri, and Tennessee. The walkout comes just after the UAW reached tentative details with two other automakers included in the original strike, Ford and Stellantis. Both deals include a 25% pay increase over the course of four and a half years, wage adjustments for inflation, increased retirement benefits, and the reopening of several idle plants. Although union members must still vote to ratify the deals, the UAW has already sent members back to work at Ford and Stellantis. Meanwhile, an extended strike could generate significant costs for General Motors. The newly closed factory produces engines and components used in nine other General Motors plants, which could cripple the production across the company. In international news, Internet and phone services are gradually being restored to parts of Gaza following a communications blackout that began on Friday. According to Palestinian telecoms providers, the blackout was the result of Israeli airstrikes that knocked out communication lines and towers in the Gaza Strip. Several human rights organizations emphasize the immense danger Palestinian civilians face during this blackout. According to Amnesty International USA's executive director, the organization has, quote, already documented evidence of war crimes by Israeli forces and Hamas and other armed groups, urging an immediate ceasefire to prevent further deaths. On Saturday, Paltel, the telecoms company responsible for communications in Gaza, posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, that, quote, their technical teams were diligently addressing the damage to the internal network infrastructure under challenging conditions. However, as of yesterday afternoon, communications had yet to be restored in Gaza City and the northern Gaza Strip. Expect some cooler temperatures and cloudy skies with a high of 66 and a low of 41. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Twyla Colburn, Charlotte Young, and me. Sound engineered by Ficker Bayen and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Lena Kim. Have a wonderful day.